The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Richard King Wassar, and welcome to the 2017 Midseason Invitational Play-In Check-In episode. Because the play-in's taking two weeks. We need two weeks to take in the glory that is getting into the actual part of MSI that we care about. But, you know, I actually liked this week. I, I felt like we had a lot of fun wild card moments got to hang out with a couple listeners on discord to watch these games which added to the uh, enjoyment factor i think a lot because this was not a, se- a week to necessarily take as seriously as some of the other tournaments that we've watched is that a fair way to put it my good friend and co-host walter c80 spetchuk i mean how did you feel about these games i mean i'm very well on the record saying um i don't care about msi there's, there's nothing valuable here for me. There's nothing. It's not good League of Legends. It's not teams that I watch and I'm, uh, I have attachment to. Um, if anything, it's just a three-week tournament that Riot puts together because they go, hey, uh, you guys want more international tournaments? Well, here's an international tournament that doesn't actually matter because it's MSI and not the World Championship. So... I mean, I watched some of the games. I, I was watching the, the Kiev Major for Dota. I was watching the DreamHack Landmasters for Smite. And I was watching MSI. But MSI was my third choice out of all three of those. And yes, I chose Smite over International Wildcard League of Legends. Who'd have thunk I would choose Smite? <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I was on my break at, at, you know, at work at my real job. And yeah, I'd put my headphones in and turn it on and... To be fair, if anything, this is totally proven to me that Captain Flowers and Zyrene might be the best duo that Riot has had since, like, Rivington and Kobe. Like, I love the two of them together. They have such perfect chemistry. They get each other's jokes. They play off of each other so well. They're both excitable. So even in these games that are kind of crappy, you can get some exciting moments where they're both like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen in League of Legends in this moment. And you're like, okay, like, I dig it. I dig it. So if anything, giving them more stage presence, um, yeah, like, I can dig that. I'm, I'm down with that. Um, but as for, like, the actual tournament, it means nothing. And as for the actual games, they were, you know, I could get the same watching Bjergsen play solo key, basically. Yeah, this is the comment that I saw going through social media quite a bit, is this feels like solo queue. And certainly there were some games that stand out as particularly egregious in terms of macro play. 
I can think of a couple teams that stand out as being particularly egregious in terms of their macro play. But at the same time, I, I mean, I, I think you did it on head that there was at least some excitement behind it, if only because the casters were doing their thing. And because when teams don't understand macro, anything can happen at any time. This, these were never games that felt like they were so far put away or that they were, you know, that there was this just guaranteed like, oh, we know what's going to happen from here. No one knew what was going to happen from here. I don't think the teams playing had an idea of what was going to happen from there because they didn't have that same control over the game. But I, I do think a couple teams stood out. And I think the best way to go through that is to go through each group individually. We had Group A. Supermassive Esports emerges as the winner here, going 5-1. and one. Walter, do you feel better about Supermassive just having seen how this all worked out? I, I know that it was kind of between them and Brazil as to who people thought was going to get through. Was this just them taking care of business, or is this a team that could surprise some people? So I thought from, from the VODs, now Chase and I watched uh, the finals basically for most of these regions. Chase watched a couple more regions than I did. I didn't watch, like, Vietnam. Um, I didn't watch Latin America South or Latin America North. But I watched, you know, the big ones, Brazil, Turkey, Oceania, uh, Russia. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty much it. Um, and, like, Red, Red Candids I thought were okay, but they're not the best Brazilian team we've ever seen. Like, right. they weren't by far. Like, if I'm ranking the best Brazilian teams we've seen, uh, it's probably the original BRTT Pain Gaming roster, then Kaboom, then the roster that was there uh, at Worlds last year, and then mm. probably Red, Red Cannons. And, like, Supermassive, they looked strong, and they I thought they had a much better macro game, a much better, like, late understanding of how to rotate around. And granted, their competition in Turkey is kind of subpar, but I just always felt like... It seems way too obvious that the Brazilian team is going to win in Brazil. Like, they're going to choke a game away at some point. And uh, they did. And I, I want to say, I was totally off the, the Oceana hype. Totally off of it. But Direwolves is the team that impressed me. Not because they played extremely well. Not because they were ever in contention for winning the group. Anything like that. But they understood what their play style was. And they understood that their way of winning games was to drag Supermassive and... Uh, and Red Cannons into the mud with them and make it a really dirty, gritty, sure-and-fire, you know, all-around-the-map type affair. And that's how they got their win over Red Cannons. They, they dragged them down into the mud, and, you know, the Brazilian team couldn't really handle it. So I really respect what Oceana and what Direwolves did there. Again, it's Oceana. Until they actually win one of these events, I'm never going to take them seriously. I'm going to watch them on occasion when nothing else is on. But... At the end of the day, like, super massive was a super massive uh, performance from them to win this group. And I thought they did so handedly. Yeah, I, I don't think it was ever truly in doubt after day one. I, I think that we saw from that first matchup between the Red Cannons and Supermassive that Supermassive just had more versatility in terms of how they wanted to win these games. Zeitnot is a great carry, and I love watching Zeitnot just win his lane and be this monster in team fights. He understands his role very well. Uh, I, I thought that as a whole, Naru played well throughout this tournament. I still have concerns with him about when he split pushes and that, you know, the kind of cheats that they have with their vision to that, that could come back to haunt them against really good teams in the playoffs. Uh, and as we go forward in this tournament, but 
certainly they had enough to go off of here. And, and Naru, when he is playing at his best, I mean, his LeBlanc is insane. He, he can absolutely just snipe people out that way. So th they have some things going for him. I, I'm going to give a, a quick uh, rest in pepperonis to our friends over in Japan, Rampage. Um, they're trying, guys. I don't know, man. I, they've, they've hit Oceana levels of no, no hype. Like, hype is dead. I don't care that they I, I swim think that's against an Korean challenge teams. Then. I think that's an insult to Oceana. I, there's a lot of hype around the Japanese teams because they're so close and they can scrim against, you know, lower-tier Taiwanese teams, lower-tier Korean teams, lower-tier uh, LPL teams. They play on the Korean ladder. Like, I get it. Hype, cool. They get to practice against Koreans. That doesn't help Machi Esports in Taiwan. Like, whatever. Let's just... Let's throw out this hype. They're in the bot, you know. They're in the C tier of uh, of international wildcard teams, and there's only three tiers. There's like solid team is gonna be in international competitions representing wildcard teams. You got this mid tier of like they can take a couple games off at the top tier, but other than that, they're like they're okay. And that's where I think you would put someone like a Leon. Um, the LCL teams, like, they kind of settle in there. And then you got the teams that just aren't relevant anymore, that just aren't very relevant because they don't win these events. Show up, you hype them up. You're Oceania, you're, L you're uh, Latin America South, you're, you're Japan, and Japan's finally in that where it's like, okay, like, you exist. You've been around for two years and you haven't proven anything yet. You haven't proven that you deserve my attention. Like, and that's what it comes down to, these international wildcard teams, when they're on the stage, get my attention, make me want to watch it. Elvis Knox at Worlds last year got everyone's attention, and I probably watched more LCL this split than I did LPL, which is saying something. You yeah. know, LCL, but LCL wasn't as interesting this year, so the, the hype of Elvis Knox didn't live up to the actual present that I got at the end of the day. It was like, you know, your, 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 your significant other is like, oh, I got you this great present for your birthday. Like, it's fantastic. You're never going to guess what it is. And it's like she got you, they got you like a, a like, a summer sausage basket from the Kakery Farms, and you're like, yeah, I um, I never would have expected that. Like, I love myself some summer sausage and some cheese and some artisan crackers, but um, that wasn't quite what that that was the bar you set. You didn't didn't quite reach it there, and then she gets all yeah. pissed off, and you don't talk for like weeks because you didn't like her present and this whole thing. And it's just, it's a miserable affair. Yeah, you know, I guess <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like that's. That got personal real quick. I'm sorry. I just what I'm learning is I need to be more careful in my gift giving uh, at some point. Whenever your birthday rolls back around, no. But I mean, look, Japan at this point. I, I think it's it's funny how many people still defend them as like, oh, they're a new region. Like I've heard that across social media. No, they're not. This has been since 2015. I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I think that at this point we just have to say like, this is what happens when your player base is so low. Like, there just aren't that many great Japanese players to draw on. Yep. Sorry. Um, you know, Yutori Moyasi is one of the best AD carries in Japan, and he looked terrible in this tournament. And that's, you know, that's fine. Like, not every team has to be the best team ever. We're going to have to accept that some of these regions just aren't ready to compete in that way. But there is a team in Group B who we thought might be making that leap out. That was Lion Gaming, Latin America North. They'd done really well at the last event after doing pretty terribly throughout most of their uh, their career as a as a region. Fell flat, comes up just short to Marines Esports. 
How did you feel about Group B breaking down? Was it better than we expected, given how much we thought that Group A was going to be that much stronger than Group B? Or was I, this a everyone dragged into the I, I, I don't think everyone dragged, but I think I had higher expectations of this group because I thought Virtus Pro were going to be better. I thought this was going to be like a three-way race um, to get out of the group. I thought it was probably going to be like, you know, maybe a tiebreaker. You have three teams at like three and three or two teams at four and two. Like, I thought it was just going to be a little bit closer and Virtus Pro kind of kind of disappointed me. Going back to the LCL analogy, they were a Hickory Farm summer sausage basket as a birthday present from like your girlfriend, your wife, your husband. Like, it's not what you expect from them. Uh, that being said, I thought Leon played well. I just expected them to choke, just like they did last split, and uh, and and choke they did. At the end of the day, they got beat by the better team. They easily could have tried to get a game off of Marines, and it would have been a five-one tie both ways, and they would have got another chance. And that I think would have been pretty even keel. Um, but both chances they had at at Marines, they just they just kind of fell apart. And I don't think that the second matchup you can't blame anything other than they just weren't prepared they just didn't play well enough that was the first match of the day for both teams it was an even playing field it wasn't like one was coming off a loss or one was coming off of you know a tight victory against one another it's completely even playing field and marines beat them they were the better team um so i'm not disappointed in lion it's just it was what i expected to happen i expected them to choke and that's the thing where like i made this comment in my article that i wrote for unicorn uh, if you guys should totally check it out if you haven't yet. Everything I said there is still relevant when it comes to Supermassive and Marines esports. Audi's jungle pathing is incredibly concerning <laughs> to me. Uh, he just he makes some decisions at least once a game that just make no sense to me. I, I do think that hurt them against the Gigabyte Marines. I mean, in that game, it you know the the second game of the of that they played together was just. A disaster for Leon. Uh, when you lose in 23 minutes, it's not going well. Uh, Optimus is is a great roamer. Levy looked incredible this whole week. I think he's the guy that, if you're watching for any one player to really step up from either of, uh, of the two teams remaining, I think that Levy's probably the best guy left. Um, I don't know. It, it's certainly... I, I think that Marines Esports are going to have to feel great just because given how poorly the Saigon Jokers did last tournament, this is huge for the region. It's nice to know, no, wait, Southeast Asia is still good. Vietnam's still good. We just had one bad split, but we're back, baby. You can't get rid of us. I, I think that's great. I just wish that Virtus Pro had felt the same way because I don't I don't know what the plan was for most of the event. I, I like Kriox. Kriox is cool. Kriox Got is pretty him. good. Blasting had a good game on Ezreal when they beat uh, when they beat uh, Marines Esports. My boy Paranoia, he really uh, he really didn't show up. The Yuki fell apart. Which, to be fair, watching vods, I was like, Paranoia is a problem, and Paranoia kind of was a problem. It was, yeah. it was not it was not fun watching him up against Optimus. Optimus kind of styled on him pretty easily. You know what else might not be fun, Walter? Both of these teams, these teams that were like, well, you know, they're, they're good, but they have these clear flaws, and I don't know how hype I can get about them. Well, they're about to go up against TSM and Flash Wolves. Specifically, we have TSM versus Marines Esports coming up on Wednesday. Walter, TSM fan, is there anything about Marines Esports that worries you? 
Um, I mean, it's an international wildcard team. How good can they be? You know, there's three international wildcard teams here. You know, North America. Obviously, North America is going to come out on top. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Taiwan is not an international wildcard team. They are considered a power region. Yeah, they're one of the three regions that have won world championships. I, dude, frankly, I don't understand why, why North America or, or Taiwan are playing in this plan. I have no yeah. like. You're supposed to tell me. You're trying to tell me here that there are two wildcard regions that can play up to the level of two, you know, power regions. Like, get the, get that out of here. That's not, that's not even remotely true. That's not even remotely close. Again, our most successful team to ever come out of the wildcard region was Albus Knox, and they just had a, a crazy run. We've never had another wildcard team win more than one game in a tournament against an international team. It doesn't happen. I don't believe that either of these teams are anywhere close to any team that North America or Taiwan could have uh, put up, other than like maybe in Taiwan, the bottom half of the league. But that's just because I don't really know how good those teams are because I don't want to watch those teams play. But I think if you put Team Liquid or Envious here, they win a best of five series. Ooh. Like, I, I think they win a best of five series against these guys. Is this Liquid with double lift or Liquid yeah, without? Yeah, Liquid with double lift. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, yeah. the Liquid roster that played in promotions, yes. I think they could beat these guys, you know, probably 3-1. Well, and this is the thing. I, I think it goes back to what we talk about all the time when it comes to Challenger Series, funnily enough. Because that's what these teams are compared to most often. And I, I don't know that that's always fair. But I have noticed that, especially when it comes to best of fives, we kind of see the same rules that we see in those tournaments where whoever has the best player on the rift is significantly more likely to come away with a victory. Yes. Because you need that one guy to really upset what we usually know about these teams that have been refined that do have this experience that you know know the ins and outs of going through best of series and you know have played against the best teams in the world at least to some extent you know say what you will about how bad north america as a region might have been this split but they still were north america they still had to play cloud nine and clg and all of these other orgs that we believe have guaranteed value where we don't i mean how many people listening to this podcast can name another team in Vietnam? How many people listening to this podcast can name multiple teams from Turkey? Like, it's not... The quality just isn't there. Yeah, I know, yes, we, we do this for a living, Walter. Besiktas? Besiktas? Crew. Um, yeah, well, Crew is in the finals. I don't think Besiktas is in the league anymore. You did not say in the professional league. You just said in Turkey. Oh, well, then, see, here you go. That, that's on me. I don't know what I was thinking. But I, I do know what I'd be thinking if I was Marines Esports right now, which is that even though all facts point to Bjergsen's the best player on the Rift, this is going to go horribly wrong. They do have some things going their way. TSM probably has the three best players on the Rift. Okay, go into it. Are we just we're getting rid of Levy now? Or are we ignoring the? Fact I think Hunters is. I think Hunters. I said probably. Hunters is definitely better than Levy. So there's two, and then I think Biofrost Bio and Svenskaren might be better than him. Like that's the thing is like the the top tier is Hunters and and Bjork said like no one on on Marines touches either of those two guys. And then I think the next tier down is Biofrost, Levy, Svenskaren maybe optimus 
The problem is Optimus automatically takes like a deduction. Like he has a negative saving throw here because he's against Bjergsen. Like that, that just like negates some of your skill because you have to lane against Bjergsen. So you already have to worry about that. So you're putting a lot of focus in. I'm going up against this really superstar mid laner. Can play almost every single style of mid lane, every single mid lane champion. Like, there's a reason we call him the Faker of the West. He's the best player in Western League of Legends. And it's not very, well, it might be close. There's one guy out there that might touch him. But let's be fair. Like, you take a, a reduction to your skill because you're playing against someone so good. You're putting so much thought and energy and focus into this, you know, superstar that you're up against. So, at the end of the day, like, how do you beat TSM? You have to have this super incredible early game. You have to be really good at taking towers and rotating, getting first blood, and getting first tower, and getting, you know, dragons and all this stuff. But then at the end, TSM just doesn't win the early game anyways, and they just fall back on this really strong team fighting, really strong macro game. So, to me, can Marines build up enough of a gold lead by, like, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, like, at 8 K gold lead probably where TSM's team fighting doesn't matter and can Marines do this over a five game series they need to do that three times three times this isn't a best of one this isn't you can't just cheese them once and you know death bush them in their enemy jungler like three times you have to do this and asking a wild card team to have at one strategy or up to three strategies that you could pull out to surprise a power region team I just don't see it happening it's just, it's not there. I mean, and this is the difference when you talk about best of ones versus best of fives. Albus Nox Luna won quite a few best of ones. They got crushed in their best of five. And there's a reason for this. They don't have the same experience in terms of adapting and having to, you know, adjust mid-series and, and learning how to come up with multiple different ways to win because the enemy team's going to be prepared for what you're doing. TSM knows that Levy's good. Like, they're going to try to play the more defensive early game. They're going to adjust to that, and I think they have more options to deal with that than Marines have to deal with what happens if either Bjergsen or Hanser gets super far ahead. And, you know, whether you might think that the Marines are closer or farther away, I think a lot of that has to do with what you think of North America's region. I don't think TSM played particularly well in their finals. I think games... Three, four, and five were all very uh, ugly for them. But they also won games one and two. Like, those games still happened, and either one of those early game performances would crush the Gigabyte Marines. I do want to throw out some numbers, though, for those who are interested. So far at MSI, and again, first we have to take in the level of competition, but so far, Marines are have a 1.49 kill-to-death ratio. They have a 74.1 EGR averaging a 2,446 gold lead at 15 minutes. So if anyone is going to say, hey, TSM, your early game is weak, we have a really great early game, we're just going to come at you all of the time, and you have to deal with it. Two of those games were against Isaris. Let's let's calm the Jets. You're, you're not calm wrong. Calm the Jets, guys. You're not wrong. But they also did beat Lion Gaming in 23 minutes, and I don't think that's irrelevant. Like, they have that potential to snowball the problem is you've got to be able to do it as you noted three times in five games i don't think that's going to happen where do you think this the series ultimately ends up Walter? uh tsm wins this three to one two one and i'm gonna say the line because i know you've got a gambling line in there of course i do tsm are favorites at minus 450 
TSM are favorites at minus 10,000, according to our fine folks at the Unicorn. <laughs> Marines Esports are getting plus 1,200 <laughs> as the underdogs. What are their odds to win a game? To win a single game? To win a single game, yeah. Plus 145 to get the plus two and a half for Gigabyte Adonis Marines. That has some value. That has value. That has some value there. I, can't, I, I mean, TSM could just 3-0 him in 20 minutes apiece. Like, it's totally possible. But, like, it would also be a very TSM thing to do is, like, to lose one of these games. TSM barely ever beats anybody 3-0. Like, I... I think there's yep. totally a chance that Levy does some weird snowball-y thing and, and steals a game because Fenskeren's playing particularly poorly in or, one jungle or matchup. Or this is the summer of Fenskeren. It's yeah, the just dawning like, uh, of the, the season age of Lorlo that we just of watched. Svenskeren. Yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, Svenskeren actually has a history of being good. Oh, oh buddy. Come at me, Liquid fans. <laughs> You guys can find me right up here, right up there. That's the Twitter handle. Come at me, son. It's okay. They're all worried with, with Kelsey Moser. Yeah. They, they've got other <laughs> things on their mind right now. I think it's safe to say. Wow. Minus 10,000. Okay. So, Flash. Yeah. So, can I just say the line before we. Flash wheels have to be like minus like 100,000, right? They're also minus 10,000. I got you. Okay. And it's also plus 1,200 underdogs. Now, yeah. if you went to more traditional casinos, uh, which have a little bit more leeway because the VIG changes over time uh, as, as bets come in. Marines are plus 1,300 there, 14 to 1 odds. And it's 33 to 1 odds for Supermassive. Okay, there we go. I see. So we've, yeah. just, fi we've just figured out what Unicorn's cap is. Yes, we, we have hit Unicorn's cap. Because... This, is, this is like the third time that's happened. Fourth time. Because we had SKT when they played against... Um, this, that Saigon was it Saigon Jokers? No, Bangkok Titans at Worlds. They had minus ten thousand odds too. Yeah, there you go. This is this is the problem. Is that as much as I would love to have looked at this and say like, oh yeah, these wildcard teams showed us why they could hang. If anything, I think we learned the wildcard teams are as far behind, if not maybe even a little farther than they've been in previous seasons. Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate because we're then gonna throw them into this super massive Flash Wolves series. And Flash Wolves going into this event, thirty-one and two on the year. They had not lost a single map between the first series of the season and their final series against AHQ. This is disrespectful. This is straight up disrespectful that they have to play in this plan. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like TSM, I can pseudo understand. We're North America. We never win anything. We didn't have a super, super dominant run. Like, I totally get that. Freaking Flash Wolves might be the second best team in the world. Yeah, like, right? They legitimately... But to be fair, we always say this about Flash Wolves, and we always end up with egg on our face because I, it's the Flash Wolves, and Taiwan can never have anything pretty because Obscurica must cry on a daily basis. Uh, and and Chase, but I just have to dig at Obscurica because he is like the standard IMLMS torchbearer of everything. Like I, this isn't a series. This is not, not a series. series. Flash Wolves is gonna come out. It's gonna be a three zero and probably sub thirty minute games. Like no offense to Supermassive, but Carsa and 
and uh, and Maple are two of the best players at their position in the world. They're they're arguably when you talk about top five jungle and mid lane, they are always in that conversation. And Maple is a guy who has stood toe to toe with Faker in laning phase before, and has stood toe to toe with him in team fights before. Let's not kid ourselves. Stomage does look great. Naru's look pretty good. Zaitnot has been fantastic. You know the team has been pretty fab fabulous for this this play in, and they look pretty fab fabulous in Turkey. Mm-hmm. That being said. It's the Flash Wolves. Let's just, I, yeah, I'm, this is a 3 Done. Move on. Uh, just to put this in perspective, Maple stats in the LMS final series against AHQ, which is almost assuredly a better team than Supermassive. 9.8 KDA, 66.1% kill participation, uh, 121 gold lead at 10 minutes, 9.3 CS per minute, 586 damage per minute, 294 earned gold per minute, playing Ari to Leon Zed. He's really good. That's all he, you need to know. He's really Karsa's good. Carson's really good at the game. Or Maple is really good at the game of League of Legends. Carson is too, by the way. Yeah, so. no. Both of them are going to be great. And right now, Maple's just going to go assassin. He's going to go pure assassin. And he's going to say, hey, super massive, Naru, you want to step to this? And Naru's uh, going to be like, oh, God, please. I no. just want him to play three games of Talia. Maple's Talia is so smooth. It's so good. It's I, so good. I love Talia. I just love Talia. It's a fun champion. I, I the the walls will always be a very interesting map mechanic. I I love it so much, and I'm gonna love that more than I'm gonna enjoy anything that Supermassive does here. I also think it's gonna be a 3-0. That does lead us, Walter, into Marines versus Supermassive. It's serious that. I guess is exciting. It's certainly a lot on the line. Like, it's going to be very exciting for Turkish fans and Southeast Asian fans because whichever team wins this event gets an automatic level one seed into Worlds, and then their second team would then get to compete and the second play-in thing that they're doing because that's the way Worlds works now and we're going to make things more complicated than it I'm needs to be. I'm pretty sure the people of Riot Europe are the ones who came up with the, the tournament structures <laughs> for both of these because they do weird shit like uh, have 10 weeks of the LCS for no apparent reason other than uh, Yucks? Garsh, Mickey? I, I, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure Riot Europe came up with a tournament structure for all this because it it is absolutely mind-blowing how nonsensical and confusing it is when you just glance at it. Like, when you actually stare at it and look at it and read it for a minute, like, oh, it's like, okay, yeah, this is... I, I get it now, but then they have all these weightings of, like, oh, well, they won Worlds, but they were in semifinals of Worlds, and then... So this is why Flash Wolves and TSM ha- and have to play in this play-in because they haven't had as much... Re- International, it's like I feel like I need to have a degree in theoretical theoretical mathematics to make sense of some of this sometimes. So, whoever is running Riot EU and came up with this god awful tournament structure system, you can go fudge yourself. <laughs> See, I like the idea in theory, and I'll put it this way: the view numbers were much better for this week than the international wildcard events usually get. People cared more because it had the MSI tag to it. And I think that's relevant. I think that's important. And I'm going to give Riot credit for that because I think that making it a part of the main event has helped. I do think that having two groups, separate groups, then only have one team get out was a mistake. 
it kind of sucked that in Group B, the last four games didn't matter because the Marines had already secured their spot. That's pretty unfortunate. I, I feel like that's something that will almost inherently happen when you have only four teams and only one is getting out because once a team's lost a couple times, they're just eliminated. So I think that's something that they can clean up. But I do think, at the very least, Turkey and, and Vietnam, I guess, I don't really know how the GPL extra seed would work because they have six other regions that feed into their region. It'd be probably whoever plays in the final. It, it'd be like if... Uh, um. It'd probably be the second place team in that final, in that like interregional final that they have. Be just their second place team. I mean, it won't happen because Vietnam's the best Southeast Asian region. But it would be pretty funny for a Vietnamese team to win here, secure that second seed for the GPL, and then not get either one of them. That would be kind of funny. That would be. Pretty it won't hilarious. happen. That'd because, be pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean, Vietnam's so much better than the other regions. But you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. I, I certainly. I, I think that it's going to be a very interesting matchup as far as the strategies between Supermassive and Marines go. What are you looking for? What do you want to see to convince you that it's worth having these two teams, uh, whichever one of these teams emerges, into the main event of the Sitch? I would want them to win games off of Flash Rules and TSF. Okay. Like I, yes. I, like I just I don't see what beating another international wildcard team does. Like, oh, congratulations! You're the best international wildcard team. You're the best international wildcard region. Like, at the end of the day, there's still five regions above you and five teams above you that kind of look down on you, and their fans look down on you and go, "Oh yeah, you're you're the people that don't speak English or Korean." Or Chinese. Yeah, that's that's right. There's like 13 of you down there, and we have to let one of you play with us every once in a while. <laughs> it's it's literally like fifth graders having to let thir a third grader play with them on the playground, like play football or play basketball. Like Until one of them jumps up and dunks the ball, the fifth graders are going to be like, ah, oh, God, pick him last, please. Yeah. Like, he's just the last pick. We get it. I don't want him on my team. Go stand in the corner, and maybe you'll get lucky to touch the ball once. Like... I, what what does beating an international wildcard team do for another international wildcard team in terms of, in, ter in terms of this kind of success? Like at least when they w had their own qualifier, they could be like, yeah, we won the international wildcard qualifier. That was that was a stamp of approval. We were the best team out of all the international wildcard regions, and I think by making it this MSI play-in, you're diluting that fact. Like yeah, they're still the best out of all the international wildcard teams that showed up. But that makes them their sixth place. They don't get a first place trophy. They don't get to say we won this event. They say, yeah, we won a, we, we got through this qualifier, and now we get to get our butts handed to us by five better regions, and we're gonna have a sixth place trophy that says, well, at least you tried instead of you're the champion. Like I don't like it. I don't see what it does, other than like yeah, it puts the MSI tag on it. You could have just called it the International Wild Card MSI qualifier. And just had it separate, and then they would have been a champion out of it, and you could have been like, yeah, these were the MSI International Wildcard champions, and then put them into the city. Like, I just don't understand what the tie-in is trying to accomplish here at all. Well, it's trying to accomplish two things. One, it's trying to make the case that one of these teams could actually beat TSM or Flash Wolves, which they were wrong, but 
one day could that happen? Could a wild card region eventually take down a power region team in one of these events? It's possible. I think that the problem that they have inherently is that because they do this so seldomly, these minor regions are forced to play against teams that most of the time are not worth their time and energy, that are not going to make them any better. And then they go to these events and they get crushed because no one wants to scrim with them. We're hearing already that Supermassive and Marines are like, yeah, well, we're not really getting scrims. Nobody wants to scrim us because other better teams are around. And it's like, well, okay, guess they're not getting better from practice because they're not going to get to practice against the best teams and see what that's like. So they're just kind of stuck. But I will say this, like, if you are from Turkey or you are from Vietnam that's yeah, cool. and you're watching this tournament, I think it's cooler than being stuck in your own little corner. Like, you're a part of this. You're going to get to see your team no matter what. You get to see your team go up against a team that everyone knows about and cares about. And there's going to be a spotlight on your region in a way that there just isn't when you just play against other wildcard teams. I mean, I mean, the difference is that two regions get to see that as opposed to the one region that would have played in the international, the, the actual MSI event, and would have got to play against all five of the power regions. Now you right. get one team that's going to play against all five power regions and one team that's going to play against one power region. So I, I guess that's a net win, but at the end of the day, like, I, I get I, International wildcard events aren't for me. They just right. aren't. They're not supposed to be for an NA fan or a European fan or a Korean fan or a Chinese fan. Like Maybe for like those super kind of crazy scouting type people that are working on challenger teams or working on any, uh, LCS teams that are trying to find maybe a slit, you know, sly import possibly that could come in. I haven't seen anyone yet that I would import necessarily to a power region. Um, just, just like straight out into an LCS team. Maybe a couple guys that would go to challenger, but at the same time, why would you want to leave a region where you're basically a superstar? That's a whole nother discussion. But like this is this event is absolutely for the Turkish fans, the Vietnamese fans, the C region fans as a whole, the Oceania fans, like all those guys, like, yeah, I get to see my hero. I get to see Optimus. If you're a kid in Vietnam, like, yeah, sure, Bjergsen's this great player, but you want to see someone that's like you. You want to see a kid that, you know, went to your high school or grew up, you know, grew up down the street from you or lives in the same city or, you know, anything. And if you're a kid in Vietnam, you would much rather see Optimus play a game and get spanked by Bjergsen, but that at least gives you that dream of like, man, I could play against Bjergsen one day if I got that good at League of Legends. So at the end of the day, it's I just keep learning that MSI just isn't for me at all. I don't care. That's yeah. what it happens at the end of the day. And I, I and I understand that. I I'm going to care because someone on this podcast has to, but also because I enjoy. I enjoy seeing these storylines come to life. I enjoy seeing what Marines Esports is capable of and saying, like, well, this does, they do have a couple players that I genuinely enjoy watching that I would not have watched if it wasn't for this event. Very I true. personally Very would true. not have known how fun Levy is to watch or, you know, that Optimus is still as good as we remember him being or that Stark has that really fun Kennen. I wouldn't have been paying attention to how, you know, Naru can play these assassins and Zeitnot has become the guy to watch in Turkey, which or a Dumble lot of people... Doge once killed Faker. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. People know Dumble Doge and Naru, but people were underestimating Zeitnot, I think, quite a bit. And now yeah. people, now people know who Zeitnot is, and that's cool. All of that is cool. But I think you're right in that if you're not in already to the event as a whole, Marines Esports versus uh, versus Supermassive Super Esports <laughs> is not bringing you in. 
that's not the thing where you're like, well, I was out before, but now that I get to watch Vietnam versus Turkey, now I'm ready. Um, I really like the wildcard team's logos, actually. Oh, like I think they have some baller logos. I think Marine's logo is really cool. I like super massive the bird. And can I say one one last thing? Carl's Jr. sponsoring super massive. That big freaking Carl's Jr. logo on their jerseys. That is cool. Yes. I don't really like the food, and I don't have like any of them around me up here. But I, it's so cool to see non-endemic sponsors in all of these wildcard regions. And you have all these marketing managers in North America and Europe that are like, I don't want to touch it, man. I don't, I don't want to touch it. I'm, nope, hands off. Like, and all these people are like, oh, we can't get non-endemic sponsors. Like, Supermassive in Turkey got goddamn Carl's Jr. to put a logo on their jersey. You have no excuse, TSM. You have no excuse, Cloud9. You have no freaking excuse, Team Liquid. None. I'm done with the BS. That said, this series is probably going to go five games. I'm going to give Marines a slight advantage. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's fair. I I think that certainly it is going to go at least four. I could see it going five games for sure. I, I think that the one thing that concerns me is I don't know that Supermassive has an answer to Marines' early game. And I understand that, like, Marines right now, they haven't shown that they have that same versatility in finding ways to win. We saw with Virtus Pro that if you can get out of the early game and you can absolutely drag them into the mud and take advantage of these things and, and find your way into this uh, into this kind of ugly victory at the very least. And Supermassive is definitely capable of it. But Supermassive's early game left a lot to be desired for me. Whereas Gigabyte's Marines seem to be the most cohesive early game team of all the ones that are that are here. So I think it's gonna be a three-two for Marines. I think I think you nailed it with that prediction. If Supermassive wins, I'm not gonna be shocked, but I, I think that this is Marines series to lose. Just because of just that sheer aggressive threat. And at this point, like we should be well aware that if you're the one making decisions, if you're the active team, if you're the aggressive team, you're just going to give yourself more shots to succeed. Yeah. But uh, I'd like to think that we gave ourselves a whole bunch of shots to succeed on this <laughs> podcast. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, you should absolutely let us know. they got the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. Obviously, soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts if you prefer the audio stuff on iTunes. All that fun stuff that we love to plug uh, we're also just, this is worth pointing out, uh, Walter and I are streaming a little bit more often. I should say, Walter, you, you've been streaming a little bit more often. Played I Renowned did. Explorers last night. I did. That was, uh, that was fantastic. We played just just under like four hours of it. And uh, those VODs are going to go up on YouTubes in, in parts, so there should be four hour long parts of it. Uh, spoil, not going to spoil the ending, but the ending was pretty sweet. It was pretty, it was... pretty good ending. Um, the game itself didn't end, but the ending of the stream was pretty fantastic. And someone, some game reviewer that I listened to or read somewhere said, like, you can learn a lot about a game and how much you're going to like it after about four hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's a game I would definitely go back to. I'd play during queues, uh, you know, between Hearthstone or, you know, during turns where control players are, you know, doing whatever because I can't just play Pirate Warrior and have fun anymore. 
So, yeah, but you guys can find all that over on a, you know, on the YouTubes. If you're here, if you're on the SoundCloud, go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, and you can follow me at CADs underscore LOL. I will always tweet out whenever uh, I'm streaming, and I'm definitely going to try and try and stream a lot more. I have a very large indie collection that I need to start chipping away at. So Same here. I'm, I got to figure out how to upgrade my tech first, but I will then be joining you on twitch.tv slash roughdraftspodcast, which is where you can find all these streams. Just go ahead and hit that nice little alarm bell, and you'll know whenever we're doing it. You can also reach me at redshirtking. Love talking to you guys. I want to keep all these conversations going. Uh, we're going to be back next week for a, a look back at, at what happened in the second half of the play-in, uh, plus what we can expect now that the main event is coming. I don't know about you, but I've got some China VODs i got to get through. I've got to take a closer look at some of the stuff that uh, SKT did at the tail end of the season. So we've got some prep to do. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And until next time, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.